Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all its being. I'm your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode, despite it being a Monday, it is just me and my main podcast guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Asha-Webke. Sammy, how are you today? I'm doing well today. It's Father's Day. So, how about you, Evan? Yeah, happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there. You'll be hearing this the day after Father's Day, so a little belated on our end, but we are recording this on the day of. I'm doing well. Gorgeous day out here once again. Great bike ride this morning. Excited for a nice Father's Day dinner at home, which is a little different than the usual, but it'll be nice. Before we uh, before we talk about our team today, I just want to just want to say that I soccer has been gone for about 3 months. And I just want to say how disappointed and depressed I already am from it being returned <laughs> as an Arsenal fan. It's been terrible. They've gone 0 and 2. They got beat pretty badly by Man City and then lost to Brighton on Saturday. Two, Not great. Two, two games, one ankle injury that's going to take him out for at least three months, one Achilles injury that'll probably we'll never see him till next year, 2021. That is in next season, and potentially an ACL tear on our goalkeeper. So, yeah. <laughs> Arsenal should have just stayed home. I'm I'm feeling a little depressed, and I'm I think I'm in the mood for the Packers today. Perfect. Yeah, in terms of people who should have stayed home, the Packers management should have stayed home for this draft instead of showing up. Because, yikes, not not a good start. We'll get into it shortly. We'll get into the pre-draft needs, I suppose, first. So, well, before that, this is the last week of draft grades. That is true. Congratulations. We're on the final four. Packers being today, and then you'll have three more later this week, culminating with the Kansas City Chiefs on Friday. And then next week, we will be getting into new stuff, which we'll probably talk about on that Chiefs episode. So make sure you tune into that one as well and get those latest updates. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! Or not. (laughs) Especially Uh. because... Since we were supposed to have a guest on this episode, well, I guess two, we were supposed to have a Packers fan on the episode, and then he was worse than Ryan in terms of showing up to episode, getting in touch with him, and then we were going to get a returning guest, and then that fell through because of you. Yeah, that was that was my fault. <laughs> it happens. It happens. But well, sorry that sorry that I had to talk to California State and also the University of Cal, where you know a good old Aaron Rodgers played at. So I was still in the Packers mode. And he's probably pissed because <laughs> getting back to the draft. <laughs> well, before the picks, yeah, Aaron Rodgers was certainly not happy with. I believe he was on the record saying he was not thrilled with their draft, but. Their pre-draft needs, I had wide receiver, tight end, guard, defensive end, and safety. What'd you have? I also had uh, tackle as well. But are you telling me you didn't have quarterback and running back on that list? I did not, I gotta say. I thought about it long and hard. I figured, (laughs) does Aaron Rodgers need a replacement? Does the guy, Aaron Jones, who just had 19 touchdowns this past year, need a replacement? And yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's that's on the fine line, you know. But Packers management disagreed, <laughs> which we should give context about the Packers beforehand because the Packers made the NFC Championship game last year. They were in the Final Four of the NFL. Given they probably overperformed expectations, they had a new coach, Matt Lafleur. Their offense never really was great. Neither was their their defense had its moments, 
but neither one truly excelled. They were just kind of average in both or slightly above average and kept winning games, end up being the two seed. And then after the Saints lost to the Vikings, they got that got really lucky there that they didn't have to face the Saints in the divisional round. So they were able to make the NFC championship where they got smoked by the 49ers. And you would think, think that I think we were going to say the same thing. <laughs> you think they would just try to tool up for the now and because they were so close teams are, I'm almost, I will get into it, but teams are typically disillusioned. If you make the NFC championship game, whether your team was worthy of making it or not, you're usually trying to make that window and take the opportunity to make the Super Bowl. It does not seem like that's what the Packers were trying to do here. They even went backwards here. That was this draft is just one big question mark of we get to the picks. We'll get to the picks when, when we talk about what we're talking about. Well, we'll get to the first one right now because this was the one that on day one, especially marked the most controversy. Most talking heads went crazy. Everyone was going wild. Didn't understand this pick. First round, 26th overall. Green Bay Packers took Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. You know, I am a fan of Jordan Love. I really think that if a solid team drafted him, that he has potential to perform really well in the league. I just didn't think it'd come at the expense of potentially replacing Aaron Rodgers. And... I mean, technically, the Packers drafted an offensive player, you know, since that was one thing they were kind of lacking since they had pretty much no weapons other than Aaron Jones. And it comes to a point where you can stuff out running backs, although the Packers didn't really do that in the NFC Championship game, though. But this is really just an interesting like this is this is definitely a for the future pick. And the fact that they're thinking about replacing Aaron Rodgers as if he might be the reason why they didn't make it to the Super Bowl versus actually filling the holes that they have on offense to make that jump. I just don't understand the move. I don't understand. They're, they're definitely a team that can be in a win-now mode if they get the right players, like two, three extra players. Most teams, they need like six, seven to be a contender. Packers shown that they can be a contender. They just need more weapons. And they didn't really get the weapon that Rodgers was looking for. In fact... I think Rogers said that he wasn't gonna pull a Brett Favre on him. I still not happy with this. I, I don't even know if I really want to give a grade for this because it's so so heartbreaking on Rogers because this has been the guy that's carried them through seasons without any any help for the most part. Yeah, I mean this is this is a C my no no this is a D pick for me in terms of need value everything. This is not a, this is not a, the move that the Packers should have made. There was so much talent on the board that could help them win now. I can't believe I'm going to play Devil's Advocate here, but I guess I'm just kind of in the mood for it. So I'm going to try it out and we'll see if I can. I don't know if I'm going to persuade you at all. I don't think I'm really persuading anybody, but this is kind of my take on it. I agree in terms of the short term future. This pick makes zero sense. Long term wise, it really is not a bad pick. Aaron Rodgers is 36. He's been on the decline the last couple of years. And you look at a guy like Brady, who's in his 40s, Drew Brees, who's in his 40s, and you say, Aaron Rodgers can do that too. Maybe he can. But don't you want to have a quarterback who you can groom and is ready to go just in case, similar to Aaron Rodgers? They had Brett Favre, who was in his mid-30s, who played a few more years. Yes, he created some distrust in the front office. Yes, Favre basically retired and forced his way out of there. 
Aaron Rodgers could do the same thing, but he's not going to do it right away. And if you're looking, like I said, realistically, although the Packers maybe were a couple pieces away, you could say that they probably didn't deserve to be in the NFC Championship game. The Saints, as we mentioned, were a better team, and they had a great draft. The 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. They look really good again. Plenty of teams like the Cowboys look like they can make an improvement with a great draft, but also just a solid team. And you'll have a few other teams. Maybe the Rams can be better. The Cardinals, Seahawks, that entire division basically is very top-notch. It wouldn't surprise me, regardless if they got a receiver here or not, they would have fallen back to where they were. So we're now we're looking, I'm looking ahead. Jordan Lowe, as you mentioned, we liked him. He was, we argued him over Justin Herbert. That was a argument that we had on this podcast. Justin Herbert went seventh. Jordan Love went 26th. The value is not bad. This is pretty much where he was projected to go in that mid to late first round. Honestly, I'm pretty surprised your Patriots didn't take him. I don't understand why they did not. Maybe Belichick just saw something he didn't like. Probably the 17 interceptions. Maybe. I don't know. Belichick has his ways. But they had the chance to take Love. They traded out of the first round. And then the Packers traded back up to scoop him up. I gave this pick a zero in terms of grade because of that, because the value is not bad. Yes, it's not a need now, but they're just doing the Packers formula. And if you're looking at Brian Gutenkurst, the GM's kind of role in this, it makes sense because you don't want to have the situation where you don't win with Rodgers and then Rodgers leaves and you have no replacement for him and you fall off a cliff. That's how if GM you get fired when you're unprepared for the future. He's getting prepared for the future with this pick. You can say that at the least. I mean, it is for the future. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I just don't know if now was the time when they had shown potential. Yes, they lucked, I, you could say they lucked their way to the NFC Championship game. But that shows that they have the potential with the current squad right now. And if you're not giving that squad right now any extra support, then you are basically now just rebuilding for the future as opposed to in win now mode when you have you've shown signs that you can win now. Sure, you can win now, but who's I like I said, my kind of argument is that they probably weren't going to win now unless they had, unless they had gotten the one and they're 26. A lot of the top wide receivers were already gone. Yes, there are plenty of great ones left. I'm not arguing that there are plenty of great ones left, but were there any game changers left? That is the question, and I do not really see that at 26. Plenty of good receivers, like I mentioned. T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims, so on and so forth. Actually, no, Mims went 25th, so not Mims. Yeah, no, Denzel Mims. Yeah, Denzel Mims won the second round of the Jets. I'm thinking Brandon Ayuk was still gone, was gone already. But there are plenty of good wide receivers, but no great wide receivers. Getting Jordan Love, yes, it's going to put pressure on Rodgers, but maybe it puts good pressure on Rodgers. Maybe he gets so pissed off that because we know pissed off Rodgers is the best Rodgers. Complacent Rodgers is the one that isn't that great. That's the one that when they don't make the playoffs, a couple like don't make the playoffs or aren't that great. If this lights a fire under him and they can make it to the Super Bowl regardless, just because Aaron Rodgers is training as hard as he can now, now he just wants to prove that he's still the all time great quarterback that he's been. It's a win win because you still have Jordan Love there. You still have your quarterback for the future. When Either Aaron Rodgers picks it up because he's pissed off or he's not as good as he was and he continues to regress and then you're prepared. So in that case, yes, I I understand why people don't like this pick. And I truly, I don't love this pick either. It's a big question mark. However, there is reason to understand why they made this pick. 
besides just, oh, this is a look to the future pick. It makes sense in that they may not, as you, you mentioned, I don't know if they see Rodgers as the reason they didn't make it to the Super Bowl or they got blown out in the NFC Championship game, but he wasn't the reason that they made it to that point. That's that's true. I mean, you're not swaying me to the other side on this pick. I'm, I'm still everything against this pick. But at least it's not like a huge jump like drafting like Van Jefferson in the second round or something like that. And at least it's not like the next pick where this pick just doesn't really help you at all and it's too high of a value. And that second round, 62nd overall, they took A.J. Dillon running back out of Boston College. I gave this pick a minus. He was a mid-ish, mid to late third round thought for me. He's just a bruising running back and he's a really good player, but he's basically Aaron Jones. And why are you replacing Aaron Jones, who was a later-round pick, with a second-round pick when you also have Jamal Williams on the team? It's not like Aaron Jones is your only running back right now. You had two running backs who were paired up really well together. Both of them played well for them. And if they want to continue with that running formula, maybe it makes sense to A.J. Dillon. I just don't understand it here. This is the point where if you're going to try to get some talent. Okay, you got your quarterback in the future. Now you get your wide receiver. Why are you taking a running back? Running backs aren't valuable. You don't. You already don't. You don't need a running back. It didn't make this pick made no, no sense to me. I would give this the D pick if I was giving my letter grades. I mean, I'm considering. I was pretty much going to give this an F grade to be honest. Because <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Dylan, like we, I've watched Dylan play at Boston College stuff. Like you know, I went to Northeastern, and it's not that far away. I've gone. To, I went to one game in BC, and. I mean, he looked talented enough. Like, he clearly was the best player on that team, and he was carrying pretty much the entire load on that team. Problem with that is, like you mentioned, they already have two running backs, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. You don't really need to replace, or if you're going to use a second-round pick on running back, it's not exactly A.J. Dillon-type running back. You would draft him. You'd use it on. you use it more on, like, the other running backs that went in the second round, like Taylor, Swift, those guys. And with the amount of talent, well, there's, like you mentioned, not exactly game changers at the wide receiver spot at this point compared to where you had with uh, the love pick. But the fact that you're replacing running backs when you still have holes on your offense that actually needs to be addressed when your running back crew last season was probably was what they had, what the highest touchdowns, it's mostly carried by Aaron Jones, but I think they were top if not the best top i want to say and also In what rushing touchdowns yeah yeah i'm pretty sure they led the league and not only that you're drafting a running back who already has some tear on him i believe he in three seasons with bc they rushed 800 times with him at least and yeah, yeah. he was <laughs> he was a workhorse in college a hundred percent so you already have a what I would be a not full value running back at this point. Like if they got him with one of the later round picks, that's fine. I don't think any team was actually going to be looking at him in the second round in the first place. And it's just ridiculous that they chose to shift their minds from running quarterback of the future to, I don't even want to say running back of the future because I think Aaron Jones is good enough that he'll be staying. Uh, with the pick, it makes it seem less likely. Before that, I would have agreed with you because I believe he is one more year on his contract before he's a free agent. I, this is he's going into his fourth year. 
So at that point, yes, it would have you would have likely said they're going to try to re-sign Aaron Jones, hopefully to a team-friendly deal. If not, they'll kind of use Jamal Williams and get someone else and just have another two-back system. With a second-round pick, A.J. Dillon is their running back of the future. But as you mentioned, the big workload that he has, and sure, schematically it makes sense, but it's a running back. Why are you overvaluing a running back in any way whatsoever? It's just not necessary, especially one who's not a pass-catching running back. We were just He would have been great in the 1970s, maybe even in the 1990s, maybe even in the early 2000s. In 2020, why are you drafting a running back who's a bruiser, who likes to run down the middle of the field? Who already had 800 carries on the college level. <laughs> yeah, who's also, yeah, he's, his return is probably not going to be what you want it to be. You're likely only going to get one contract out of him. If not, he's going to be on his last legs, figuratively and probably literally. Well, we've mentioned it once before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but if your name was Aaron, you really lost this draft <laughs> for the Packers. Yeah, were, I think we might have on our losers episode. <laughs> I, though Aaron Jones will likely start this year. At this point, A.J. Dillon's just kind of a backup. However, he is the running back of the future, just like Jordan Love is. Although Jordan's Love is a longer waiting answer than AJ Jones. At least I hope so. If they re-sign Aaron Jones, this pick becomes an F for me because then it's just like, it makes even less sense. <laughs> well, we want to keep talking about less sense. We still have a few more picks in this draft. <laughs> Their next pick, at least to hit a need, third round, 94th overall, they took Josiah DeGuerra, tight end out of Cincinnati. You want to go on this one first? I will. I, so yeah, he does hit a need. But I feel like this was a pretty much reach on him. We never really considered him as a top five tight end going into the draft. And overall, he's not that big of a tight end. He could probably he, – he's physical and everything, but I feel like he's undersized. I think that – I mean, they used they had Jimmy Graham. That That's now over. I don't know if they were trying to get, like, another Jimmy Graham mold where a more athletic sort of player at tight end, but – what we've seen throughout, when was the last time the Packers actually used their tight end? So, I don't um, think... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no matter who they have at tight end, it doesn't seem like Rodgers likes throwing that way anyway. They had Jimmy Graham. Yes, he was not at his peak coming off already from Seattle or from the Saints after, like, just his general career. Like, he had so many years. They never really gave any of their tight ends a chance. And when they do, they never really prosper. So I think it's a bit too high to draft a tight end. They probably could have filled another spot with, with this pick. I think it's a, I'm giving it a, a C plus. I mean, don't tell the Chicago bears that because they don't put the junior arms <laughs> on his last legs. That well, they also think that they have like 10 other tight ends that are on their last legs. <laughs> no, they think none of them are on their last legs. They're all good. But I'm going to play your game. Do you know which tight end was one of our favorite tight ends was still available at this point? Was it Big Al? I mean, yes, but not even who I was thinking of. Tight ends, tight ends. See, now I'm not even blanking on tight ends because that wasn't even that great of a class. Was it? It was a Trotman? team that we recorded pretty. It was a team we recorded pretty recently. Actually, for those who are listening, it's the last episode you listened to. Was it Troutman? It was Troutman. Troutman went 105th overall the Saints. Wow. So, 10 wow. picks. <laughs> we definitely and, would have liked that way more. 
A hundred percent. That would have made sense. If you want an athletic pass catching tight end, you get Adam Troutman. You don't get Josiah DeGuerra, who every analyst said he was a day three guy. He's an H back type. So he's kind of versatile, but he's not great at anything. A little undersized, as you mentioned. Needs he's good in tight spaces, but he's not doesn't have any breakneck speed or anything, and he's not a great route runner, so he's not gonna create a lot of space on his own. One person said he needs an accurate quarterback basically to succeed in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers maybe that. I don't know if Jordan Love is that. So his future is in question. I don't really know. Like, yes, it was a it was a huge reach. He was a day three guy. One person mentioned him as a potential special teams guy. Who those are the fifth and sixth round guys where we see and they're like, oh, they're special teams guys. We shouldn't be saying that with a day two pick. Huge reach. Plenty of other better tight ends available. I don't see the value here at all. You probably could have waited till your fifth round pick and gotten this guy, or you could have got someone at similar value. I gave his pick a check minus. Don't like it. Oh, for three Packers. And somehow Jordan Love so far is my favorite one. I mean, yeah, you said fifth round. I was going to say their next pick, I probably would have been more okay with them drafting him there than who they got in the fifth. <laughs> yeah, their next pick, 175th overall in the fifth round. They took Kamal Martin, linebacker out of Minnesota. But you're not rowing the boat, Sammy? You're not feeling no. it? No, usually I am. This one, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. I gave it a zero grade. It wasn't a need. The value is okay. Probably would have been a sixth rounder, maybe, if you want to say it was a bit of a reach. However, he's a fine player. I don't see much impact. Their linebacking core is pretty solid at this point. Arguably their strongest position. Maybe cornerback. They're pretty good at cornerback, too. I don't know. I didn't. I don't love this pick, either. I get where you're coming from. It's a zero for me just because of how I do my grading. It's I mean, for- probably just like just like quarterback and running back, it is nowhere near a position of need, though. It's not a position of need, but also if you're drafting for like a luxury spot in a spot that you already have. The thing is with with him is that he doesn't really have that great react reaction time, and his coverage isn't really that great. So I I honestly see him as like a special teamer, and if you're drafting a special teams player in the the fifth round, um, as opposed to as more of a developmental sort of player for the future, then then there's going to be question marks there. So it's just a C- minus for me. I didn't want to give him a D because I feel like, given the core that they have, that maybe they do see something in him, but it's a C-. minus. The Smith brothers can hold their own. They don't really need him. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Row the boat, though, always. Always row the boat. Next pick, they got three in the sixth round. First 192nd overall, they took John Runyon, guard out of Michigan. I gave someone a check. Finally, they got a pick that's within their range that hits a need. Finally, took 192 <laughs> picks to get there. It's a, He's a fine player. I He's a late round guy. Does he plug and play early? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on how desperate they are. He did. Michigan's offensive line was pretty solid. He didn't have too many starts. I believe he only played one full season as a starter, and then was a backup and had a couple starts before that. So he's not doesn't have huge experience. However, he's a pretty big, beefy dude on the inside. Better as a run blocker than a pass blocker. And if they're going with that Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon backfield as their focal point of their offense, I guess this makes sense. If he plays. However, he could not play right away. He couldn't end up being a special teams guy. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt for this one, and I gave it a check. Yeah, from what I've seen out of him, I didn't really classify him as a guard. I've seen him more on left tackle as opposed to guard. 
So I wonder if he's going to be able to make that transition. I mean, you mentioned that he's better uh, rush block than uh, pass block, but I guess that will help internally. But I think it's, it's probably their best value pick out of all of their picks at this point. And, I mean, woo, they didn't mess up the sixth round, their first pick in the sixth round, so that's got to be a positive for, for them. Just try, and find, just try and find thin lines of hope for them, you know? Yeah, well... It does. So he played tackle at Michigan, but he's probably going to play. His position at, for the Packers is guard. And fun fact: his dad was a John Runyon Sr. was a former NFL player and current U.S. Congressman huh. for the state cool. of Michigan. Yeah. Uh, no, I think from New Jersey. I mean, at least that's where he grew up. Oh, uh, probably then. Or former U.S. representative for New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, like for for the Packers, you, you can't complain getting a offensive lineman whether it's guard or tackle from a big 10 school and especially michigan out of out of all the big 10 schools so i think that they're probably the most happy with this pick yeah maybe this one or the two picks from now because they double dipped in terms of guards from the big 10 (laughs) but in between that 208th overall they went to the really middle of their offensive line and went to a different conference 208th overall they took jake hansen center out of oregon what do you think about this pick? I thought it was a fine pick. I didn't really think center was a huge need. I believe they have Lindsley at center. Yeah. Who he's been pretty I didn't think there was anything wrong with him or the fact that they think they need to replace him at any point. But Hansen Hansen has a good record with Oregon. I think he started pretty much every game for for them, barring maybe his freshman year. Although I'm not I'm not sure. But I know he played at least started at least two the last two seasons and he was pretty consistent as a pass blocker during that during his time so he might not be the most athletic center but it's nothing to complain about he did a solid job in Oregon but I guess there's going to be a trend that the sixth round is just all offensive linemen that's what they're looking at and that's that's fine I mean I didn't have center as a need so I was in between just the casual C or a, or a C plus because he's not a bad player at all no, it's not a bad player. As you mentioned, position of need is very questionable. Corey Lindsley is one of the best centers in the entire NFL and is only 28 years old. It's not like he's in his, he's 33 or you're looking for the future. You're not really, center's just not a valuable position, but it's fine. I gave it a zero. If he, I guess he's your, he's a nice backup developmental guy or he's a special teamer or if he even makes the roster, who knows? It's not that he's a bad player, as you mentioned. He's just in an unfortunate situation where, barring injury, he has no opportunity to really make an impact for a long time on this team. Yeah, and then we have the next pick. (laughs) Next pick, back-to-back, 209 overall. They took Simon Stepanek, guard out of Indiana, or Windiana, more like it. Windiana, nine Windiana, waiting for that nine-win season out of him. Oh, yeah. I like this pick. I gotta say, I thought... Spaniard probably was a better pick than the Runyon pick. He was really their best offensive lineman for a running game that's been surprisingly good for a few some of the last few years, and he's been a catalyst for that. I gave this a pick a check. I believe he's more of a right guard, correct? I believe so. So he has opportunity there, and at least him and Runyon are not going to be competing. That would be a little silly taking two guys set 17 picks away from each other who are only going to be taking maximum one spot maybe these two guys are your guards of the future another guy who's a better 
run blocker, but he's also has some proficiency as a pass blocker as well. Aaron Rodgers will be at least a little happy. With this is probably the first pick that he's content with. Yeah, so. I, I I'm with That's you positive. there. The this their best value picks in the draft were were their offensive line for sure, and I really liked him. I mean, I for some reason I was on the board of nine Indiana, so I pretty much watched almost almost all of the Indiana games this season just for the sake of it. Not that I really needed to. Not that I don't think anyone else, unless you're from the state of Indiana, actually did that. And he was definitely a standout guard. I definitely think he was pretty great against the run. And I think he was kind of sloppy at times, too, from what I remember of watching him. But it's the sixth round. It's the 209th pick. It's fine to make uh, a, a safe depth pick, if you want to call it. Yeah. I'm giving it a, a B. Like this him and Runyon were probably the two my two favorites in this entire draft. Yeah, that's pretty much what we're looking at here. Their next pick also probably a death piece. Seventh round, two hundred and thirty-sixth overall. They took Vernon Scott safety out of TCU. He's probably going to be a special teamer, at least early on. They're fine at the safety position currently, although I have as a need, it's more for future sake. Because right now they right now they seem to be okay. And I'm gonna Presume that they don't expect Scott to start right away at this point. If if you do, you're probably not going to be in the best of shape. He only played one year as a starter at TCU, and he didn't even play safety. They drafted him as a safety though, so I don't. That is going to be some transition needs there. He's an okay player. He really did not do anything special for them while he was on the team. If you're at we're at the late round spot, I gave it a check. I, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't see him pushing either. Adrian Amos or Savage off of their starting spot. But I do have a fun fact with him that I did watch that TCU-Oklahoma game last season, and he had a pick six off of Jalen Hurts. So he did. That was his basically one college highlight. So if, uh, if they're playing against the Eagles and Hurts is on the other side, they know what to do. Pretty much. But yeah. otherwise, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a, it's an okay pick. I mean, there's nothing. It's a safety this late in a spot that they're already stacked. And I, I personally think their their secondary is probably their only, like, check plus on their whole team. Yeah, I love their So it's just a C pick for me. Very nice and deep there. Their last pick, more or less on the same lines, 242nd overall. They took Jonathan Garvin, defensive end out of Miami. He's a guy I feel like I actually heard about, which is kind of wild, considering how late we are in the draft, and I heard of him before, while he was at Miami. Guy's young. He's only 20 years old. So he's probably one of the younger players in the entire NFL draft. He's very raw, extremely raw player. They see him as an upside kind of guy. He's not going to play early on. He's totally a developmental player. He needs the time to get bigger. He's not. He's a pretty small for a defensive end. He's not even 270 pounds. He's going to have to bulk up some to compete at the NFL level and just provide more consistency. But he's a good athlete. And at this point, there's not too much more you can ask for. If you can get a guy who's at least an athlete that you're trying to mold at the 242nd pick, it's fine for me. So I gave it a check. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have edge rushers as as a need at all. I think that who they have at the moment with, uh, I really like Lancaster. Or Lancaster, right? It's Lancaster, right? Who they have it. Yeah, but that, I mean, that makes one of you, one of us. <laughs> but, I mean, he was fine with Miami. Miami wasn't exactly anything special these last few years and he definitely has uh, 
you know, size and power to be they they they're a three four system, I think the Packers. So yeah, they are. So I guess he just needs to improve. I mean, he wasn't anything special when it came to uh, pass rushing. He was solid with Miami, but the team, the schools, and the town on the other side in the ACC and out of conference, he really got most of his stats in. Are are nothing special, like not NFL level for sure. And if they have him as a potential developmental guy, then that's great. Otherwise, this is probably a B minus C plus pick for me. It's the seventh round. You really just throwing away, not throwing away picks, but it is what it is. At least this pick makes sense in terms of a late round guy. Where if he flames out, you lose nothing out of it. If he turn, if he gives you pretty much any production at the NFL level, you're getting positive value. Which is what you'd like to see more in your fifth round or third round picks, not your seventh round picks. <laughs> or even in your first round pick. <laughs> second round? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe second round too. Truthfully, that's uh, that's how we're summarizing this draft. You want to go first on your final thoughts and grades, although I'm sure the listeners have a pretty solid grasp of what you're thinking at this point. Yeah, I'm not happy with this draft. If I was a Packers fan, I'm not happy. If I'm a Bears fan, I'm happy. But I just don't. So they're not exactly stacking for win now with their first two picks. And they're not exactly drafting players for to be developmental either. Because some of these guys, I see most of them being special teams at best. And so it's just this weird confusion of are they trying to win now or are they trying to develop for the future? And from that, the team itself is going to take a hit. And the the love pick... Not a fan of it, to be honest. I already mentioned that. And A.J. Dillon, he just didn't need to draft him at all. And their third, fifth, sixth, probably their best value here was their sixth round with the offensive line as potential guys to either help them now and potentially for the future in case, you know, Lindsley either leaves on a contract on a different, on some other team gives him a bigger contract or he just gets old. It's not my favorite draft. It's probably... Probably my second least, maybe my least. It's there. There's too many question marks here. I'm just not set on what Lafleur is doing, and this is more of a. This might be my C minus, maybe even D plus sort of draft. I didn't really give anything higher than a B. I only gave like two players a B in this entire thing, and everyone else was a C or lower. And I'm just not a fan of this draft. This was ugly. Well, the Bears are only really happy because the Packers are one of the few teams that had arguably a worse draft than them. <laughs> so that's, that's good. I, I don't like this draft either. It's a bad draft. Their first few picks are just misses. Although I gave the argument for Jordan Love, it's still a not... A, I completely get why nobody likes this pick at this point. I'm not... I try to defend it for just for fun's sake, just to make an argument out of it. There didn't really need to be one because we didn't have any arguments otherwise. That would have been the only time we were going to have any some sort of disagreement with these picks. So that pick was bad. The Dylan pick was bad. The DeGuerra pick was a huge reach. After that, your fifth, sixth, seventh guys are fine. But you really, your early value picks were just none of them were good. And the part we didn't mention or you didn't mention, what would you say their number one need was going into this draft? Oh, wow. I was going to say wide receiver. Now I'm thinking, looking back at it, wow. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, wide receiver. And this happened to be one of the deepest wide receiver drafts in a very long time. 
and the Green Bay Packers did not take a wide receiver. <laughs> put all uh, together, on top of just the bad picks, the early reaches, not hitting the true position need, I'm going, it's not a good draft. I'm going C, maybe C minus. It's not good. It was just, they should have done so much better and they just soiled it. Soiled it. Soiled it. Well, see, the thing is, though, is that, like you mentioned with the love pick, that, okay, this is going to be for the future and that, you know, they needed that once Rodgers, whether he falls off, he keeps regressing, well, then they have a plan for the future in, in someone similar to him in love. But the problem is the rest of the draft did not reflect whether they wanted to win now or in the future. <laughs> and that just makes the love pick look even worse, in my opinion. The rest of the draft was just bad. That was the issue. They took guys who either probably aren't going to play for them or guys who I guess are developmental players for the future, but their upside is low. Until Garvin was the only guy that has upside pretty much out of this entire draft. <laughs> Unless you want to say one of the guards, but I'm not going to. I couldn't tell you too much about the upside of guards. So it's just, it didn't make any sense. It's not, it's really, it's not that the future, like they're, I, I believe they're looking at the future. Which could be fine, but why? If you're looking at the future, why are you taking an AJ Dillon in the second round? Why are you taking players in probably your deepest spots? Well, that's also for the future, but you're neglecting your positions of need now. You took a tight end who I don't. I guess he's a he'll be a okay. Maybe he's an okay blocking tight end, although he's undersized. I don't really expect Deguerre to do anything for this team, and that's your third round pick. Your second round pick doesn't need to do anything this year. I, I, maybe their best pl- plan is just to rest AJ Dillon since he had so many carries at BC, give him basically the year off, and then he'll hopefully be fresh again for the next few years of his contract. <laughs> That's the only reasonable thing, like thought process to why they made that pick when they did. It, it, it was just another... It was a swing and a miss overall for the Green Bay Packers, and they've had some decent drafts in the past few years, but they needed a second wide receiver to compliment Devontae Adams, and they didn't even bother. Is it bad that I still see them probably winning their division? Considering who's in their division? Not really. I, the Vikings, potentially. I, the, Vi- the Bears are bad, and the Lions, will, Matt Patricia, will continue to sink that ship. There's a, it's pretty much a 50-50 with Minnesota. Because with that in mind, do you think that they'll ever consider drafting players for a win now when they think the team that they have now will definitely pretty much consistently win the division given the rest of the teams if they didn't do it this year i don't why would they do it next year or in any other year what's the point of waiting till your quarterback's older and your i mean your whole team's basically just a year older and a year more likely to leave why do you wait till that point to try to win now when this probably is your your window is closing, and if you they're keeping their window, they're trying to make almost a new window with Jordan Love pick. But the window on the Rodgers, unless they, because it's not like they signed anybody either. They didn't make any big signings that would be super helpful for them this year. They're just kind of going to be standing in place, and that typically one standing in place leads to regression a lot of the time. And for a team that was likely to regress regardless, I could honestly I gonna disagree with you. I see them falling back to maybe maybe making the playoffs, maybe squeaking as a six seed. I mean, they'll always have the at least two of the team's numbers in, in this in the division. Or pretty much they have all three of their team. I don't even say even two. They have their number, but not, that doesn't even mean anything anymore these days. 
Uh, it's just, but they can go three and three in the division. That wouldn't shock me. The Bears have one good defensive game. Matt Stafford has one good game, and the Vikings are arguably a better team. I, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know. This this team confuses like me. The like division that. confuses me. Yeah, the, the, I these. I think the Lions had the best draft because Minnesota had the fifteen picks, which some of them were good. The Bears and Packers were two of the worst, and. The Lions had a pretty decent draft, I gotta say. They had a decent draft, but their problem is gonna be can they actually develop them the way that actually proves their value? Probably not, because Patricia's not gonna start any of these guys. He's gonna keep his Patriot guys starting instead over them instead. I'm sorry, Detroit, this isn't meant to shift to trashing on you again. Roar. <laughs> Shout out, uh, Lions. That was Stefan. Who was supposed to come join us for this fun, and he missed out. Yeah, I, I wish he. I wish I heard. I heard his opinion on the love pick. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. I. It would have been fun. I would have had a good argument with him. I could already hear it now. <laughs> uh, well, go add? pack, go. Go pack, go. Anything else? That's all. All right, Sammy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm gonna fall back into my soccer depression once this is over. Enjoy, and thank you all for listening to Firmly Grasp It. You can follow us or subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Grasp It 2020. You can follow us on Facebook at Firmly Grasp It. You can email us, grasp it2020 at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening, and talk to you soon.